Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 59 is entitled Self-Reliance Concept 6, To Thine Own Self Be True. I have selected 10 concepts from Ralph Aldo Emerson's essay, Self-Reliance. Each concept expands the virtues and variations of self-reliance or warns of the vices of the ways we forfeit self-reliance. Concept 1, Blind Obedience. Concept 2, False Charity. Concept 3, Truth. Concept 4, Faith. Concept 5, Nonconformist. Concept 6, To Thine Own Self Be True. Concept 7, Self-Reliance. Concept 8, Character. Concept 9, God. Concept 10, Solitude. In this podcast, we shall explore concept number 6, To Thine Own Self Be True. Many are familiar with Shakespeare's Hamlet when the garrulous old Polonius gives counsel to his son Laertes, who is going off to college. There, my blessings with thee, and these few precepts in thy memory look, thou character. Give thy thoughts no tongue nor any unproportioned thought his act. Be thou familiar, but by no means vulgar. Those friends thou hast, and their adoption tried, grapple them unto thy soul with hoops of steel. But do not dull thy palm with entertainment of each new-hatched, unfledged comrade. Beware of entrance to a quarrel, but being in, bearn't that the opposed may beware of thee. Give every man thy ear, but few thy voice. Take each man's censor, but reserve thy judgment. Costly thy habit, as thy purse can buy, but not expressed in fancy, rich, not gaudy, for the apparel oft proclaims the man, and they in France of the best rank and station are of a most select and generous chief in that. Neither a borrower nor a lender be, for loan oft loses both itself and friend, and borrowing dulls the edge of husbandry. This above all, to thine own self be true, and it must follow as the night the day. Thou canst not then be false to any man. Farewell, my blessing season this in thee. How can anyone have true liberty without being true to oneself? Emerson said in self-reliance, A great man is coming to eat at my house. I do not wish to please him. I wish that he should wish to please me. I will stand here for humanity, and though I would make it kind, I would make it true. Let us affront and reprimand the smooth mediocrity and squalid contentment of the times, and hurl in the face of custom and trade and office the fact which is the upshot of all history, that there is a great responsible thinker and actor working wherever a man works. 
that a true man belongs to no other time or place, but is the center of things. Where he is, there is nature. He measures you, and all men, and all events. Ordinarily, everybody in society reminds us of somewhat else, or of some other person. Character, reality, reminds you of nothing else. It takes place of the whole creation. The man must be so much that he must make all circumstances indifferent. Every true man is a cause, a country, and an age, requires infinite spaces and numbers and time fully to accomplish his design, and posterity seems to follow his steps as a train of clients. Being true to oneself is a virtue easier to preach than to practice, for we are often overwhelmed by authority. One of the greatest fallacies of our age is appeal to authority. The person is a president, a congressman, a senator, a billionaire, a famous actor, a famous football player, a famous basketball player, a TV personality, a preacher, a teacher. What of that? Do they have vested interests? Do they have a right to your soul? To give authority to anyone with credentials other than competence and integrity, and even those must be considered servants, not masters, Advisors, not authorities, is to trade your birthright for a bowl of pottage, to trade your opinion for another's opinion, to be swallowed up by a bigger fish to make them grow stronger and you weaker. By virtue of your divine birthright, being a child of God, you stand on equal ground. Let me remind you of the words of William Wordsworth from his poem, Ode, Intimations of Immortality. Our birth is but a sleep and a forgetting, the soul that rises with us, our life's star, hath had elsewhere its setting, and cometh from afar, not in entire forgetfulness, and not in utter nakedness, but trailing clouds of glory do we come from God, who is our home. Heaven lies about us in our infancy, shades of the prison house begin to close upon the growing boy, but he beholds the light, and whence it flows, he sees it in his joy. The youth who daily farther from the east must travel, still is nature's priest, and by the vision splendid is on his way attended. At length the man perceives to die away, and fade into the light of common day. As Emerson said, a great man is coming to eat at my house. I do not wish to please him. I wish that he should wish to please me. I will stand here for humanity, and though I would make it kind, I would make it true. To estimate man is to underestimate him. Do not estimate another's greatness by diminishing your own. Emerson said, Let a man then know his worth, and keep things under his feet. Let him not peep or steal or skulk up and down with the air of a charity boy, a bastard, or an interloper in the world which exists for him. Too many are like the spice bush caterpillar. Their eyes are tiny ocular spots pointed to the ground, while they look at heaven only with painted eyes. To find truth without, you must recognize the truth within. You must know your own worth. No one can rise above their potential. That is an immortal law that cannot be violated. A horse cannot become an owl, an owl cannot become a monkey, and a monkey cannot become a man. Do not measure your worth by the worth of others. Everything that you see on this earth will, in the words of the Apostle Peter, melt with fervent heat. That which is subject to entropy is of temporary importance. Look to your own divine nature. Also in St. Peter's words, 
Second Peter 1, 2-8 Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. One of the greatest errors we make is to measure ourselves against others who have that which we can never have, whether it be wealth or fame or power or position or knowledge or wisdom. God gives two classes of gifts. The first class is of the least importance. It is a gift that is unique to the individual, allowing that individual to excel in a certain thing. That gift is temporary, tethered to this earth. It was meant to be generously shared with others. How they use that gift is up to them. Unfortunately, those are the gifts we first notice and sometimes lust after. They have no eternal worth. The second class of gifts is that which has both temporal and eternal worth. Those gifts are equal to everyone. For example, who cannot add to their faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity? When government or man creates equality, they destroy the soul and inevitably create greater inequality. When God creates equality, he exalts the soul. Emerson added, That popular fable of the sot, who was picked up dead drunk in the street, carried to the duke's house, washed and dressed and laid in the duke's bed, and on his wakening treated with all obsequious ceremony like the duke, and assured, that he had been insane, owes its popularity to the fact that it symbolizes so well the state of man, who is in the world a sort of sot, but now and then wakes up, exercises his reason, and finds himself a true prince. Emerson said that society everywhere is in conspiracy against the manhood of every one of its members. We have all experienced what it is like to be driven by others' expectations. It is easier to float downstream than to swim upstream, or to be guided by someone else's thoughts. The following words of Emerson are prophetic. A man must consider what a blind man's bluff is this game of conformity. If I know your sect, I anticipate your argument. I hear a preacher announce for his text and topic the expedience of one of the institutions of his church. Do I not know beforehand that not possibly can he say a new and spontaneous word? Do I not know that with all this ostentation of examining the grounds of the institution, he will do no such thing? Do I not know that he is pledged to himself not to look but at one side, the permitted side, 
not as a man, but as a parish minister. He is a retained attorney, and these heirs of the bench are the emptiest affectation. Can you apply that also to the major news networks, ABC, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, Washington Post, New York Times, or to social media, Facebook, Twitter, so on? Do you expect news or do you expect propaganda? You know what every newscaster is going to say before they open their mouths. One script would satisfy all. They will say what they are told to say or lose their jobs. They're like program robots. They're echo chambers, crowd pleasers. They present others' thoughts in others' words as if they were their own. They are barkers at a fair shouting above the crowd. They have scripted minds. How many of you remember the following scene in the popular movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off? A student brings a tape recorder to class. Next, you see several tape recorders, but no students in the seat. Finally, there are no students at all, only tape recorders. In the final scene, there is no professor, only a tape recorder playing to a room full of other tape recorders. That describes our news media today and their audience. The message goes from ear to emotions, but nothing is filtered through the brain. Truth is not relevant. Even facts are not relevant. Agenda is everything. Compliance is everything. Freedom of the press no longer exists. And with the woke generation, freedom of speech is fast becoming abolished. Even Disney is not the Disney envisioned by Walt and his brother. And the great chocolate maker Hershey's is having men dressed as women representing women and selling propaganda with its Hershey bars. Everything has become politicized propaganda fed into pre-programmed minds. Always scorn appearances, and you always may. The force of character is cumulative. All the foregone days of virtue work their health into this. There's a well-known verse in the Bible. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What did Christ mean when he said, The truth shall make you free? First he said that we must know the truth. A Greek maxim reads, Know thyself. You have heard me repeatedly refer to the English poet Clough. Play no tricks on thy soul, O man. Let fact be fact, and life the thing it can. I find enormous courage in that. Imitation is the habit of a lazy intellect. It is like a leaf carried by the current. Strength is only gained when one goes against the current. Free will has two words, will and free. The will must be set free, or it falls in step with anything that moves. What is it that sets the will free? The answer is law the laws of nature, and the laws of God. The will can be set free in no other way but by strict obedience to absolute law. Truth by its very nature is law. Borrowing my structure from Keats, law is truth, truth law. That is all you know on earth and all you need to know. Christ said, If you continue in my word, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. His word is law. His word is truth. Everything else leads to disorder and chaos. In the opening, Linda read the following lines by Emerson. 1. I will stand here for humanity, and though I would make it kind, I would make it true. 2. Let us affront and reprimand the smooth mediocrity and squalid contentment of the times, and hurl in the face of custom and trade and office the fact which is the upshot of all history that there is a great responsible thinker and actor working wherever a man works, that a true man belongs to no other time or place, 
but is the center of things. 3. Every true man is a cause, a country, and an age, requires infinite spaces and numbers and time fully to accomplish his designs and posterity. Ultimately, truth will be all there is. Everything else will peel away, leaving us naked. Imagine standing before the bar of God at the final judgment. As Shakespeare said, There is no shuffling. There the action lies in his true nature, and we ourselves compelled, even to the teeth and forehead of our faults, to give in evidence. Truth requires courage. Lies require a good memory. We should never give our will over to another, not to man or government or work or the pursuit of money or pleasure or fame or security. Truth is at the core of all freedom. Lies are at the core of all captivity. The world will do all it can to enslave the natural man, for that is the easiest way to bring you down into captivity and make you do their bidding. Truth is spiritual. It has always been spiritual, and it will always be spiritual. Remember the words of Peter spoken above. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Ultimately, truth is found in the virtues of Christ. By obeying the virtues of Christ, you are promised that you will not be unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But look at the curse. He that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Do not be like the spice bush caterpillar spoken of above, whose eyes are pointed to the ground, while the only painted eyes are pointed to heaven. We were meant to see afar off. Man was meant for greater things. Coming out of darkness to light is like coming out of a shadowy forest onto a rock promontory on a high mountain overlooking a wide valley where the world opens to your view. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.